0: All right, let's jump right into today's episode. Well, hello. So in this episode, we're going to be doing a job search Q&A. But before I jump in, I have a quick announcement. Enrollment is open. It's open now for our brand new 2022 Litigation Paralegal Bootcamp. It's the only program of its kind that combines an online course with coaching to give you everything that you need to accelerate your career as a litigation paralegal. So if you're new or fairly new to litigation, like five years or less, then you're not going to want to miss this. My promise is that this program will cut your learning curve by at least five years or more. We're closing the doors on January 26th. So you can learn more at paralegal-bootcamp.com forward slash litigation. All right, let's jump into your questions. This sure was a popular topic, I have to say. I received a bunch of questions. I'll get through as many as I can in this episode. If I don't get to yours in this episode, we'll add it to a blog post on that topic. So my first question was, I've been working for 20 years now as a paralegal. How can I fit all of my experience on one to two pages? Well, that's a very good question, and I get asked that a lot. First of all, it's not about the number of pages, it's more about what you're putting on those pages. Let's change the way you look at your resume first. So, first, your resume is not the same as the employment application. Your resume is more like your personal sales brochure. It's not an employment application, it's a mechanism for you to get to the point where you're filling out an employment application. When you fill out an employment application, you're required to list every job you've ever had. That's not the case with a resume. Only list the jobs that you've had that show the skills that will help contribute to the company you're currently applying with, or maybe that have transferable skills that would prevent you from having gaps in your resume. For example, if you're starting a second career as a paralegal and you have 20 years of prior work experience in a different field, You don't have to list all those 20 years. Maybe you only list the last 10 years to show job stability and some of those transferable skills. Second, I want you to think of the white space on your resume like it's valuable real estate. Think of the top half of your resume like it's beachfront property. And by the time you get down to the bottom of page two, you're at a farm out in the middle of nowhere with no roads to get to it. So you shouldn't waste this valuable white space with anything that doesn't promote yourself. An example would be duplicating your job responsibilities for each of your positions. Show something in each of your positions that give a better picture of what you're capable of doing and the kind of experience you've obtained in each position. Besides the fact that most hiring managers who read the job duties and responsibilities, if they're the same, they know you just copied them into each new position. They don't want to see you doing the same thing for 20 years. They want to see growth and advancement throughout your career. If you did, in fact, perform the same exact duties in several positions, then split up the bullet points between the positions rather than duplicating them. Another example is the objective section at the top of your resume. Going back to that valuable white space mindset, a resume doesn't have to contain an objective. In fact, most people look at it like it's a bad thing to have on there. Everyone who's applying for the job has the objective of getting the job. Additionally, what I see a lot of times with that objective section is that you kind of rule yourself out from getting the position by something you've put in that objective. So instead, I'd replace that section with a highlight of skills or Uh, Professional highlights and list out three or four, maybe five bullet points that identify exactly what they're looking for. Show them that you have the skills that they advertised in that position and highlight them. Along those same lines, that bottom section of the resume that everyone includes, titled Volunteer and Civic Charities, that really doesn't need to be in there, wasting space especially if you can exchange out those three or four lines with a few more bullet points telling me what kind of work you've been doing in your other positions. That's really what I care about. Okay, our next question. I just had my first interview in over 10 years, and for some reason, I stumbled at the end when she asked me if I had any questions for her. So I just said, yes, I was wondering what the position pays. Was that bad? Because I felt bad asking it. Well, The answer to that question, when someone asks, do you have any questions for me, the answer should never be, no, I don't have any questions. So I guess that's better than no, but I wouldn't recommend bringing up salary at your first interview. Now, I guess it wasn't clear. You didn't clarify in your question whether or not that was the first interview or not. But So here's a few questions that you could have in your mind, maybe write them out on paper so that you have a plan, right? because even if you have a bunch of questions in your mind, they might have answered them throughout the interview and you wouldn't want to ask them again. So for example, if I was um, you know, going to a firm that had a billable hour requirement, if you're going to a defense firm that has a billable hour requirement, I might ask, what's the annual or monthly billable hour requirement here? And then you could follow that up with, Do all of your paralegals easily meet that Bill Blower requirement? You could also ask, how long have the paralegals been with the firm? How many paralegals do you have in the firm? How many attorneys would I be reporting to? Or what circumstances led to this opening? That could give you a lot of insight. Another really good question that I like is, what type of person do you see as the best fit for this position? So which questions you choose to ask are going to depend on what's happened throughout the interview, but have at least one question ready for that interviewer and preferably not what does the position pay. Remember that this is also your opportunity to highlight some of your accomplishments and strengths that you might not have had a chance to cover during the interview. For example, If it was a paralegal position in a law firm with a billable hour requirement, and you asked that question, what's the annual billable hours, then after they answer the question, this could be an opportunity for you to discuss how you typically exceed the billable hour requirement at your current firm. If all of those questions have been answered, maybe throughout the interview, one other question that you could always ask the interviewer is, what do you like most about working here? This gives them an open-ended opportunity to discuss the pros and cons of the firm culture. Just be sure to pay attention to their answer and see how it fits within what you're looking for in a new employer. All right, the next question. The firm is offering me a paid internship to see if it's a good fit. Should I take it? Yes, take it. And you know, go read the article that we had Um, It was a guest blogger a few months ago, Brett Serby. Just go to the Paralegal Bootcamp's blog page. So that's paralegal-bootcamp.com forward slash paralegal-blog. I'll include a link to it in the show notes, but go to the blog page. And actually, I'll just link directly to that article. So Brett gave some great tips on how to get the most out of an internship. Now, in answer to your question, you know, a paid internship is a win-win for everyone. Even if they don't offer you a job at the end of the internship, it's worth it because you're going to be able to put that experience on your resume. Just make sure that if you accept an internship, you understand that it's a daily job interview, essentially. Everything you do, you should do your best. You'd be shocked at the internship stories I hear from people where the intern shows up late on a regular basis sits for hours in an office waiting for someone to come by and give them something to do, or just doesn't have a great work ethic or motivation to learn. So don't accept an internship and then not put in 110% effort. But definitely go read that blog article for more tips. Okay, and our next question. I've applied for dozens of paralegal positions and I haven't had one callback for an interview. How am I going to get the experience they want if no one will hire me and let me get the experience? Really good question. And I get asked that a lot. Now, I have to say in this job market, if you've applied for that many positions and not received one single request for an interview, I have to cut to the chase. There is something wrong with your resume, your cover letter your LinkedIn profile, or something. I would suggest that you have someone review all of those for you. Not necessarily a paid resume service, but I mean, that would be ideal. But even if it's just someone in your circle who has an eye for detail and who's not going to be afraid to tell you what their constructive criticism is of those things. I just have to say that, you know, if you've applied for dozens, think about that. Where's the stopping or the blocking point? It's no interviews. If you had asked me, you know, I've applied for dozens of positions, I've only been on a few interviews and not been able to get a position, that would be different. But the telltale sign there is you haven't received one single callback. So it's something in your resume, your cover letter, your LinkedIn profile, social media, maybe. I don't know. You'd be surprised how many times over the years I've received a resume. That had the bullet point that read "high level of attention to detail," and the resume was riddled with errors. I would suggest you buy the premium version of Grammarly because word the word spell check it just doesn't cut it. Now the free version of Grammarly can work, but it only checks online documents. Which I guess if you're working in Google, um, you know Google Docs, then maybe that would work. Now the other thing that I would say is that. Some people like to think that it's a numbers game when you're looking for a job, only it's not. Maybe you're applying for too many positions. I teach a job search and career development class for a paralegal certificate program, and I always tell them, stop applying for 20 random positions a week, sending a generic cover letter, and just hoping that one out of those 20 will stick. Instead, take the time to customize your resume and cover letter in a way that resonates with that potential future employer. So if you're new to the field, don't spend your time applying for positions that ask for 10 or 15 years of experience. The reason why they're asking for that level of experience is probably because the hiring manager knows that that team doesn't provide much guidance or training. They know that the person in that role is going to need to jump in and run with the ball from day one. Look, when I was a paralegal manager, I received thousands of resumes and interviewed hundreds of people. There were plenty of them that didn't have the experience level in their resume. If I was looking for someone with two to three years of experience, yes, I'd interview a recent paralegal graduate who had a really good resume. If I was looking for someone with 10 to 15 years of experience, I might interview someone with a solid five years of experience, but not zero years. So make sure you're using your time wisely and you're spending the time necessary to customize that cover letter and resume for each position. All right, our next question. I keep hearing and reading that it's an employee's market right now, and it's the best time to find another job and get a big boost in salary, which I need desperately. But I really love where I work and the people I work with are great. I get to work on interesting things. The attorneys respect me. I've been here for five years. The only downside is they don't pay me enough. Should I leave? Well, you know, that's an easy one, actually. I would say don't leave. It's not worth a $5,000 raise and risk going somewhere that you're miserable. Not to say it's a sure thing that you'd be miserable, but you know it's a sure thing that you're not miserable where you're at. I would suggest putting together a proposal for a salary increase where you're at. Do the research and see what the market is currently paying someone with your experience, your skill set, and the type of employer. Make sure you're comparing apples to apples. You know, if you're working for a small firm, you didn't mention in the question, so I'm not sure, but if you're working for a small firm, you can't compare what the big firms are paying. That's a different level, right? So don't walk in there and say, hey, all the big firms are paying their paralegals $10,000 more a year than you're paying me. And go talk to your supervisor and be honest. Tell them that you've been approached by recruiters and other firms who are paying X amount more, but that you'd like to stay where you're at. You just want to make a little bit more money. The worst they can do is say no. They're not going to fire you for asking for more money. If they do, then you know it's a great market out there, right? So it'll be easy to find a job. One thing I definitely wouldn't do is go interview at other places, get a job offer from another firm, and then bring it to your current firm as a way to get an increase. Because if you do that, you have to be prepared to leave. And it doesn't sound like you want to leave. I can tell you, I know lots of firms that have the policy that they do not ever counter offer in situations like that. Because number one, they're admitting that they might not have been paying you enough. And number two, they know that word will get out and everyone in the firm will do the same thing. And number three, if you were unhappy enough to be out there interviewing, then eventually you're going to leave anyway. And that is so true. I saw that firsthand. True story about me. I was approached by another firm for a paralegal position back around, I don't know, 2000, 2001. And it was before I moved into management. I was still a litigation paralegal. An attorney that used to work for our firm left. And then later she reached out to me and wanted me to join her at the new firm. Happened to be in the very same building I worked in, too. And after a couple of interviews, they offered me $10,000 more than I was making. And this was back in 2001. I thought, hmm, this might be a good time for a change. I wasn't unhappy. Except that I was traveling more than I wanted to be, so I accepted the position they announced it to their attorneys, had my office set up for me to start you know for my first day, and then the attorneys that I worked with at my current firm came to me and said they got management to give me a ten thousand dollar raise if I'd stay. so I stayed super embarrassed by the way at having to call the other firm and tell them I changed my mind at which time their office manager informed me that my Name was actually on the door of, the off, of you know my office, not on the door of the firm, of course. <laughs> but so guess what? Two years later, I left the firm anyway. Now, it was for the management position, not another paralegal position, but still, I left. I've talked with other managers and HR people, and they have dozens of stories just like that one. The saying is they always end up leaving eventually if they were unhappy enough to be out there looking. So keep that in mind. Our last question comes from Elizabeth. She said I could use her name, by the way. Elizabeth has a family law or she's been a family law paralegal for about five years and is burned out from the stress. She wants to know how hard it would be to switch practice areas and what areas I've heard are hot right now. Well, Elizabeth, you're not alone. I hear that from a lot of paralegals who work in family law. It's probably one of the most stressful areas because it's all emotional. Whether you're doing divorce or adoption or any specialty area within family law, every paralegal position has a lot of stress because of the deadlines and, well, let's face it, some attorneys are not easy to work for. But most other positions don't have that emotional aspect, the emotional clients. Like if you're working in commercial litigation, real estate, mergers and acquisitions, all of those are more transactional. And yes, stressful for sure. But you don't have emotional clients, you know, knocking on the door, crying to you or calling you, crying. So Elizabeth, everyone that I'm talking to about the job market right now says that the hot area is wills and estates, like estate planning. In fact, I interviewed Molly McGrath, a legal recruiter. In episode eight, and she talked about this too. So if you think about it, there's not the deadlines like there is in litigation. People aren't usually fighting unless you go into the litigation side of, you know, people disputing wills. I definitely recommend listening to episode eight because Molly gave some good insight into why that's such a great practice area now. All right, that's it for this episode. If you have a Q&A topic that you'd like to hear, please put it in the comments or email support at paralegal-bootcamp.com and don't forget if you're a new litigation paralegal enrollment is closing for our litigation paralegal bootcamp it's closing on january 26th that's the last day you're going to be able to enroll and the doors close we're jumping into 12 weeks of course lessons and live coaching with me you can learn more at paralegal dash bootcamp.com forward slash litigation. Thanks. And I hope you have a great day. All right. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.